Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching with TBA rabbinic intern Rachel Cohn. In Kitavo, we hear about the the reading and procedure for when new fruits, the first fruits are brought to the temple once the Israelites are, are able to move into and settle the land. Um, if anybody has the, the source sheet with them, it's a good time to pull it out, but I'll also read through the sources. Beautiful, amazing. You're the most prepared students I've ever had. Um, so um, we'll also, we'll go through it together. And I ended up choosing a passage basically where the recitation about the, the first fruits is discussed in the Talmud that I think has some resonance for what we're experiencing today. Uh, so I'm going to pick on my husband, Andrew, for a second, who's, uh, who's also on the call with us. And Andrew, I'm wondering if you can read the recitation in the always imperfect English translation I have here. For if you imagine you're bringing the first fruits to the Kohen, Andrew happens to be a Kohen, but he can play the other role in the script for now. So nice and dramatically, if you can read the, the first source for us. Thank you. Uh, you're doing great. <laughs> Deuteronomy 26, 5 to 10. My father was a wandering Aramean. He went down to Egypt with meager numbers and sojourned there. But there he became a great and very populous nation. The Egyptians dealt harshly with us and oppressed us. They imposed heavy labor upon us. We cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our plea and saw our plight, our misery, and our oppression. The Lord freed us from Egypt by a mighty hand, by an outstretched arm and awesome power, and by signs and portents. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now here I have brought the first fruits of the soil, which you, Lord, have given me. Thank you very much. So I think of this as kind of a giant thank you note to God that you would be bringing these these first fruits to the temple. And instead of just saying, here you go, we have this pomp and circumstance that comes along with it. And it, it may sound familiar to you from the Passover Seder as as Rabbi Klickfeld already mentioned, the, the particular line of it I'd like us to focus in on at the moment is where at the very end it says, I have brought the first fruits of the soil or Reshit Priha Adama. And what ends up getting discussed in the Talmud in Masachet Minachot is this question of if, if you have something that has grown not literally in this, this soil, can you still say this whole pomp and circumstance recitation when you bring it to the temple? So I'll now look at the, the second source from the Babylonian Talmud, Manachot 84b, and there's a disagreement, essentially, about what happens in certain situations. So they say, it's taught in one breita with regard to produce that grew on a roof, or that grew in a ruin, or that grew in a flower pot, or on a ship. The owner brings it to the temple and recites the accompanying passage. That's what the first breita said. Another t- breita taught with regard to such fruits the owner brings them, but does not recite that whole passage. Um, so any gardeners here? Right. So, so we know, I mean, we know even from methods today that sometimes you can grow something in, uh, in containers, raised beds, you know, like a grow bag that you'll put somewhere that's not necessarily literally in the soil. And they're acknowledging that there's these cases where something might sprout up and it won't, it won't literally be planted in the ground. So can, let's just, to try and understand the arguments on both sides, what, 
are, you know, what's a reason or two why it might still make sense to give that whole recitation for something that grew, say, in a flower pot. Grant, yeah, go ahead. I think you can unmute yourself. Yeah, because you're still thankful whether it grew in the ground or in the pot. You still, you're still thankful for what came forth, so you should give some sort of thanks for it. Absolutely. Great reason. I'm sold. Marshall? Well, of course, we have the phrase, Reshit Pariha Adama, and although the pre is uh, in smichut, um, it might also just say reishit pre or reishit haperot, beginnings the first of the fruits. And how do I have different types of fruits? Well, if one type might come from the adama, others may not come from the adama. So why limit myself by uh, the adama portion? Great, beautiful textual analysis. And um, I, I'll also add that the consensus is they're speaking about the seven species. So there's these very special kinds of fruits that you're harvesting in the land. And, you know, if you have a tasty fig or date or olive kind of, you know, maybe who cares where it came from? You grew these these particular fruits and we're emphasizing the fruits that we're bringing. So why not give this whole recitation? Great. So let's maybe, let's just quickly think um, on the other side, maybe even if you don't, agree with it, play devil's advocate for a second, why might someone argue you shouldn't give this whole argument, the whole, sorry, the whole recitation? So if, if we if we read something that's not on your source sheet, but the beginning of the um, of, uh, of the parasha, so I'll just read the English translation, it says, you shall take some of every first fruit of the soil, which you harvest from the land that the Lord, your God, is giving you. So it seems to be pretty clear that it's from the land, and therefore... Um, you would argue that if you, if you hydroponically grew it, it wouldn't count. Okay, another great argument. that there Maybe there is something special about literally the land that is supposed to be acknowledged when you bring the fruits to the Kohen and say this thing. So we're going to move on to how the sages resolve this situation, which in very, very rabbinic logic is kind of a workaround where they say there, there isn't actually a disagreement they say there's no contradiction between the two Brita rulings regarding the flower pot. The first Brita stating that you would recite the passage is referring to a perforated flower pot, one with holes in the bottom or the sides somewhere. Um, and the second Brita is stating that saying you don't say the passage is referring to an unperforated flower pot. So they basically say, no, no, two different situations. If there's enough holes in the flower pot where the, the, plant still can draw nutrients from the ground, even if it's a bit separated through the flower pot, um, then that's a situation where you would still recite the passage. So agricultural reasoning aside, the reason that I chose this teaching tonight is because I think if we look at it symbolically, it speaks to maybe the tensions that we're holding in this time while we are somewhat isolated. So if you imagine each of us is our own flower pot, operating somewhat more independently in these days, still trying to sustain ourselves and grow and build the fruits of our lives and our families. Um, If we perforate our flower pots, so to speak, and reach out to draw some of the nutrients that we usually need to sustain ourselves, then that's how we can still harvest some of the blessings that we are seeking in our lives in these in these um, still strange times, even though it's gone on for some time. I think it still really just doesn't feel normal to me. So, so I I at least am reading this teaching as a an example of how even in our separate little pods, 
we can be still reaching out for sustenance in these times. Um, and I'd be curious to hear from just a couple of you. I need, know we need to get on to Mari even some other things, but maybe just one or two ideas about, you know, how are the ways that you're reaching out your, your metaphorical roots in these times, perforating your spiritual flower pots um, and what's, what's nourishing you? Dacarax, yeah? Was there a raised hand from the Dacarax? I couldn't quite. No, I raised my hand. There, go ahead, yes. Okay, uh, obviously there are lots of opportunities for, for learning. I, I've actually been amazed. Um, first of all, the show is doing a wonderful job um, in making offerings available far beyond what we used to have. We've adapted the things we used to do, like the Rabbi's Rashi class switched pretty easily, and um, um, some of the other classes switched, but then there have been all these other offerings but beyond the shul and beyond even Jewish learning, which is um, uh, there's an amazing amount, way too much. In fact, so much that I'm now just deleting the emails without even filing them for, for f- future use. And it's not just me, but I think it's, it's, it's a way in which everyone in the entire world has quickly adapted and spread, to use your metaphor, spread our roots far, far beyond what was directly in contact with us before. Beautiful. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, Larry did a better job than me, but yeah, there's just so much available now. I'll, you know, I'm sure I'm glad I'm not working these days. It allows me to, uh, to, to read a lot of it, but I can't imagine if you're working full time, how you can take so much more in. It's a, it's a beautiful situation right now for, for this reason. Right, right. Marshall, yeah, last word. Yeah, I was online this morning with the Rabbi Ed Feinstein from Valley Beth Shalom, for his Shabbat morning, sir, uh, the rabbi. And he talked about how does one get ready for the Yamim no Ra'in. And he came up with several ideas, and one of which was to start every day with a prayer of thankfulness. And thankfulness that we have people we can be with. Even though we may be separated physically, we can still be with in contact with people. And secondly, he talked about start each day with study. And I guess I'm fortunate that I have a chance to be in Chavruta with several people every single week. So that, in effect, gives an extra charge to, to life that we could oftentimes get overwhelmed by what's happening on the outside. And this, in effect, by studying, it gives us a sense of perspective every single day. or even this terrible time that we're in right now, from a, a health-wise, pandemic-wise, this also will pass, and we'll get through it. Can you hear at zone? Can you hear at zone? Um, so thank you all. I'm glad to learn a little bit more about you hearing some of those ways you're sustaining yourselves in these times. And my, my hope and blessing for all of us in the coming weeks is that we will continue to find the, the beautiful fruits to harvest and, and to keep drawing the, the sustenance that we can to support ourselves and the people who are very close to us, even even amidst the, the hardships. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tba.org.